Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. I've done that, haven't you? Well, you just got on your face before the Lord and you felt overwhelmed by a situation. It felt so dark, so dismal. You just had to cry out to God and say, Oh, God, help me. And God does it. When you find that secret place, that hidden place of prayer, you'll find that God does something on the inside and He lifts those burdens. I can't explain it. I could just describe it. Have you ever thought of prayer as an act of worship? Pastor Ed today suggests that idea. When we truly and earnestly pray, it's an act of worship of our Creator and Savior. The best thing is that in that place of earnest petition, God will meet us there, guaranteed. As Pastor Ed says, it's not really explainable, but God will fill us with peace when we seek Him. We can rest in the knowledge that though we may not get an immediate answer, He still cares about us and wants to take care of us. Now, here's Pastor Ed in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6, with part one of his message entitled, Don't Be Anxious About Anything. We're going to continue our series in the book of Philippians. I'd like you to open your Bible to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 and 8, or probably some of the favorite passages of many of our congregants. These passages have been read, reread, memorized, prayed, because they afford such incredible comfort and courage. Paul the Apostle, in chapter 4, verse 6, says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. What a promise. What a blessed hope we have in times of darkness. Paul says to us, be anxious about nothing. I mean, it's in there. Let me just read it again. I'm not making this up. Do not be anxious about anything. Wow. That's all inclusive. Now, Paul is no new Christian, just saved. Paul is no novice in the faith. He's not speaking some from some ivory tower far removed from daily life. Paul the Apostle, he knew the memories of the past. He remembered a time when he persecuted the church. He did things that uh, he was ashamed of. He remembered a time when people discredited and tried to destroy his name. 
And there were even people who made a pact to take his life. Now, if, if he went back into the past, there would be a lot of things that he could find anxiety about. Well, the future. In the natural, if he looked into the future, there were a lot of things he could be concerned about. He was awaiting trial. Perhaps he would lose his life. He could see the growing opposition in some in Rome who were trying to preach and teach just to undermine and hurt him. No, no, no. Paul's imagination could have run away with him and could have brought him to the valley of anxiety. Imagination is a great gift. I mean, with imagination, we could travel to the ends of the earth and beyond. Just look at the movies and just look at the novels. The product of imagination. With imagination, we could go into our past and we could go into our future. But we have to be very careful. Because going in our minds to the past, or going into the future, we could pick up the spiritual disease of anxiety. Now, I understand unsaved people being anxious. It's part of this present world. There's plenty to be anxious about. Trillions of dollars just pouring into the marketplace. All of the problems we face on Wall Street and in the auto industry. And every time you turn on the news, something new to worry about. But we're citizens of heaven. And we know he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. And so anxiety for the believer is really not appropriate. In fact, it's sin. Yeah. We need to confess our sins, but we also need to confess our worries. You know, one of the hardest types of warts to remove is a worry wart. <laughs> Just locks into our soul and spirit. But God gives us his prescription for worry. It's written in his word. Paul, first of all, talks and mentions the problem of anxiety, a divided mind. That's what it's referring to, someone caught and torn apart on the inside by anxiety and worry and fear. And then he gives us the solution, and then he gives us, really, a way, step by step, a therapy to deal with our worries. And then... He gives us an incredible promise that helps guard our minds and our hearts in the midst of a world that is in constant turmoil. Look first at the problem of anxiety. Don't be anxious about anything. Now remember, Paul is not sitting on a beach sipping a pina colada with a straw out of it and an umbrella over it. No, no, he's in a prison cell, and he's dealing with the pressures and stresses of life. 
Now, there is a lot to worry about in this world. The uncertainties. And people want security. But it's not found in this world. It's found in Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. It's only found in Jesus. That's where our security is. Some may work hard at keeping healthy, which is a good thing to do. Be a good steward of your body. But you know, in a moment's time, an infection, a virus, can turn a healthy man into a sick person. A person might look for wise investments, and that's fine, and they might be putting their money in there, 401 and 403, but we all know that in a moment's time, in the stock market could plummet 700 points. All of a sudden, those investments could disappear and evaporate. No, there's a lot in this present world that will make us insecure. This world will never be trouble-free. Jesus said, in this world you'll have troubles. There are real problems. Christians don't live in some type of bubble and they say, oh, every... You know, I've heard Christians act like and speak like there are no problems in this world. No, there are. People get sick. People struggle with diseases. Families have problems. There are real problems. In Job 5, 7, it says, Yet man is born to trouble as surely as the sparks fly upward. Bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. The rain rains on the just and the unjust. This life has real problems, and we need to recognize that. You know... Some people think that Christianity is an insurance policy that will shield you from any of the difficulties of life. That's not so. Let me ask you, why do you have insurance? Some of you have house insurance, and I hope you do. Car insurance, and I hope you have that. You know, life insurance. Why? Because of the uncertainties of this present life. That's the way it is. Ann Landers, for 45 years, a columnist would receive letters, about 10,000 letters a month she would receive. And she was asked, is there any common trend in those letters? Anything that you see in those letters again and again? And she said, above all other things, I notice fear. People are afraid of losing their health, their wealth, their loved ones, people are afraid of life itself. A Christian does not have to live in anxiety. This world is anxiety-ridden, filled with worries and filled with concern. There are real problems, but don't worry about them. Don't deny them, but don't worry about them. John Blanchard said, anxiety never strengthens you for tomorrow. It only weakens you for today. Borrowing problems from tomorrow is like taking the clouds of tomorrow and reaching and pulling them over your head today so the sunshine of God's promises can't shine through. 
every day has its own problems. Let's face tomorrow's problems tomorrow. Now, there are real problems, but most of the problems we face are imagined problems. In Mark 4, 19, it says, But the worries of this life choke the word of God, making it unfruitful. If you worry, God's word is going to be unfruitful in your life. If you worry and you're anxious, your spiritual life is going to suffer. Remember, worry is a sin. Anxiety is a sin. We often don't think of it that way, but it is. It's a lack of trust in God. Psychologists tell us that people think about 10,000 thoughts a day. I feel like some people have a better chance of winning the lottery than thinking three or four thoughts, good thoughts, in a row out of those 10,000 thoughts. People sometimes always are looking at the negative, always looking at what's going to go wrong, always anxious. We should not be characterized by that. The University of Wisconsin made a study. They said 40% of worries really never happen. 30% of the worries we have are over the past, things we can't change. 12% are regarding criticisms, where people might have criticized you and really they don't have any uh, validity. 10% worry uh, over bad health. 8% of the worries are legitimate worries. But really it's unhealthy to worry. It, it, it affects it, us. It works havoc on our bodies. Dr. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic said, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system. He said, I've never known a man who died of overwork, but many have died from doubt. God doesn't want us to live in the land of what ifs. People live in that prison house. What if this happens? What if that happens? Uh, People live in the land of, if only, if only I did this, if only I did. And it becomes a prison house that keeps them held and keeps them captive. We're on this journey of life. There are real worries and there are imagined worries. But neither are legitimate for us to embrace. Because a Christian should be characterized by Faith, trust in God. In the classic peanut comic strip, Lucy and Linus are looking outside of a window and it's pouring down rain. And Lucy turns to Linus and she says, Boy, look at it rain. What if it floods the whole world? Now Linus confidently replies, It will never do that. In the ninth chapter of Genesis, God promised Noah that it would never happen again. And the sign of his promise is the rainbow. With a relieved smile, Lucy responds by saying, You've taken a great load off my mind. Linus then states, Sound theology has a way of doing that. You know, we ought to let God... Deal with the problems. He's willing to do that. 
I read and I heard about a man who was constantly worrying. I mean, he'd worry about his job, he'd worry about his family, he'd worry about his health, constantly worrying. And so in a glib fashion, a friend of his said, Stop worrying. Just hire somebody to do it for you. <laughs> a week later, the guy saw his friend who always was worrying, and he seemed rather happy. And he said, uh, what happened? He said, I did what you said. I hired somebody to worry for me. He said, well, what are you paying him? He said, oh, over $200,000. He said, you don't have that kind of money. He said, well, that's his worry. <laughs> God promises to take care of the sparrow. Not one of them falls to the ground without him noticing. God's going to take care of you. It was George Mueller who said, The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Paul the Apostle looks at this problem of worry, of anxiety. People borrowing from the future looking at the past and trying to bring the concerns of the past so it robs them of the present. It steals them of the moment. And he says, no, 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 no. Don't be anxious about anything. And then he gives the solution. It's found in verse 6. But in everything, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We need to take all of the burdens, all of the things that seem to knock on the door of our life and try to crowd in and rob us of our peace. We need to take it to God in prayer. Now, he describes prayer in verse 6. He says, pray about everything. Prayer, petition, request. Prayer is a general word of worshiping God. And so in the context of worship, you pray. And you bring it to God. And then he says, by petition. That is to entreat, to supplicate, to get on your face before God and say, Oh God, here I am. You know my concerns. I've done that. Haven't you? Well, you just got on your face before the Lord and you felt overwhelmed by a situation. It felt so dark, so dismal. You just had to cry out to God and say, Oh God, help me. And God does it. When you find that secret place, that hidden place of prayer, you'll find that God does something on the inside and he lifts those burdens. I can't explain it. I could just describe it. And then he uses another word, request. That's your agenda. That's bringing those things to the Lord. Worry is fear thought, not forethought. It is cured by prayer thought. Worry. Is fear thought, not forethought. It is cured by prayer thought. So pray about everything. Then pray with thanksgiving. Pray with thanksgiving. That's an attitude of, I believe you, Lord. How many here have had answered prayers? God's answered some prayer along the way. God has a good track record with you. Right? God's taking care of you. He's answered those prayers. Well, if he's done it in the past, 
It's an indication that he's going to continue to do it in the present and in the future. And so this idea of thanksgiving is this idea of confidence in God. Oh, Lord, I trust you. I believe that you answer prayer. I believe that you're going to respond. Ruth Graham, the wife of Billy Graham, she's home to be with the Lord now, but Ruth Graham, while she was alive, wrote about an experience she had with her son. One of her sons was so rebellious, he was a living a wild, sinful lifestyle. And she just couldn't deal emotionally with it. One night, she was praying. And she watched the clock turn from 12 to 1 to 2 to 3 to 4. She just finally opened her Bible, and she turned to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, And she suddenly realized there was a missing ingredient to her prayer. She was not giving thanks. She wasn't thanking the Lord. And so this is what Ruth Graham said. These are her words. I began to thank God for giving me this one I love so dearly in the first place, her son. I even thanked him for the difficult spots which had taught me so much. And you know what happened? It was as if someone turned on the light in my mind and heart. And the little fears and worries that had been nibbling away in the darkness like mice and cockroaches hardly scurried for covered. That was when I learned that worship and worry cannot live in the same heart. They are mutually exclusive. Begin worshiping. Paul said, Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Little things and big things. Small things and huge concerns. Bring it all to the Lord in the context of thanksgiving. That's his solution. But then he has a strategy. Because you know how those thoughts could just come back after you've prayed. And the thought comes back. It wants to invade your mind. It wants to capture your thinking. Here's the strategy, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Paul gives us a strategy to overcome our anxieties. First, he talks about cognitive therapy. Cognitive therapy. Your thinking, your mind. There are times that you have to bring every thought into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. It's not always easy. Your mind wants to race around the track of worry and discouragement and anxiety and you just build a rut deeper and deeper and it's harder and harder to dig it out. So Paul says, here's a therapy. Take control of your thoughts. And then he says, think about whatever's true. God's word. The truth of scripture. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
This is a wonderful truth taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6. And as trying times enter into your life, it's important to continually keep this at the forefront of your thoughts. Each day here on Voice of Faith, Pastor Ed will be teaching verse by verse through Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith, subscribe to our Twitter feed at VOF Radio 1. Again, to follow the Voice of Faith Twitter feed or to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.